Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show. Our mission is to serve you and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. Up first in this episode, housing options are changing dramatically in the country, which all I can say is it's about time the cost pressures people face buying a home is leading to a massive rethink of how we do housing in the United States and urban areas where people are gravitating to more and more urban areas leading to higher land costs and the rest. I'm going to talk about the creativity going on now that's going to lead to meaningful change over time in housing costs. Also, I've got some new tips for you for when you're shopping that my goal is to save you big bucks. So somebody who's been getting a lot of buzz on the West Coast is Costco is going to develop a store in Southern California that is going to be on the street level with housing above it, high rise above it. Costco is not trying to make money developing this way. They're actually building affordable housing units above a Costco store as part of building the store. I mean, that is... When are you moving to LA? I mean, that couldn't be more perfect. (laughs) For me to live, all right, so I remember being in Northern California on book tour when I used to write books, Mm -hmm. and we were staying in a hotel, and I go and I look out the window of my hotel room, and what was across the parking lot but a Costco, and as tired as I was, you know, because book tour is pretty tiring, I then walked across the parking lot. To the cost. They gave you the premium view. They did. They did. I mean, <laughs> the other side was a view of the Golden Gate Bridge. I mean, you can see that anytime. Oh, yeah. But looking out at Costco, I mean, that's just <laughs> priceless. But anyway, uh, no, I'm not moving to LA. Having my daughter and cousins living in LA, that's enough because it's so crazy expensive. I don't but know it, if I've mentioned my daughter is out of college, she's working. She's living in a 500-square-foot apartment in a not-very-safe neighborhood. She can't go out after dark any way, shape, or form fashion. She has to carry protective gear to protect herself if she walks out in daytime. And how much is a 500-square-foot studio? How much? I don't know. $2,160 a month for 500 square feet. No way. Yeah. I mean, it's... It's expensive. Imagine if she was in a good neighborhood. Oh my gosh! Yeah, wow. it's a whole different deal, and and so this is, you know, we use the word crisis in America way too much. So let's call it instead of calling it a crisis, 
let's call it a fact. Housing has become so unaffordable because we have this massive amount of land in the United States. But the U.S. population overwhelmingly has gone into metro areas of various shapes and sizes across the country, and land just becomes so much more expensive. You know, that's where the job growth is. That's where the jobs are. Extreme rural America is depopulating. And so housing costs, because the underlying cost of land and construction and all the rest has become so extreme. So we're going to have to really rethink, and it, it will involve all kinds of mixed-use kind of things, zoning in so many areas of the United States opposed diametrically to what is required to create affordable housing. Uh, you know, I'm a huge fan of ADUs, uh, accessory dwelling units, and there's all these knockdown, drag-out fights about people building what are called, they call them granny flats. But the idea is that at your home, you can build a little separate structure, usually something that is about 800 square feet most often, or it'll be a little apartment over garage, and it can be affordable housing unit for a family member, or it could provide rental income to someone. And I mean, this is a big, big, big fight, but it's a great way with land that's already there to create another housing unit for someone. And you may freak out about, remember, Clark.com slash Clark Stinks, if you're blown away that I love the idea of ADUs. And then what's going on now with 3D printing? 3D printing is far enough along that now the first two-story, pretty exotic-looking 3D-printed homes being built. And uh, one-story ones, they've got down pat. And if you're not familiar with this, they prepare a building site, come in with this giant piece of industrial equipment that builds the home, ultra-energy efficient, from the ground up, typically in 72 hours. Then you got to do finish work, obviously, on the home. But it spits it, spits it out, and what's cool is every home can have a different design because the 3D printer doesn't care. It just builds whatever is drawn and builds that thing. I mean, all the stuff we can do now in components where this has taken over the hotel industry, where a lot of hotels now, the whole room is built on an assembly line indoors. You can work regardless, rain, shine cold, hot, in between, and then the individual components of 300-square-foot rooms are trucked to the site, and they're dropped into place by a crane. You reduce building time by about half and lower costs by a third. We are going to have to be creative this way. And by the way, something that's going to be a continuing conversation is we're an aging population. And when we build homes now, they should be built with that in mind so that people can age in place and have outlets raised higher, regardless of who's living in that home. To be mindful when you build a bathroom that the opening's wider. Um, My son and I are going around doing college visits, and we were just in Indiana, and we were in a hotel that was built. I asked the general manager of the hotel, when she was who actually checked me out of the hotel, and I asked her, 
how new the hotel was because of how they'd built the room. And they had built the hotel room, and it was not, uh, what do they call that, accessible rooms. It wasn't an ADA design room. But from the ground up, they built a wider opening to the bathroom. There was room, obviously, to turn around in there, even in a wheelchair, but it did not look like anything other than a normal bathroom just with a wider opening. And the outlets were all higher. And they put chargers on a table so that someone would not have to get down on the floor to figure out how to plug in their phone or their laptop. I mean, just simple things that we do to make things more practical and stand the test of time. Cost does that. We have, you know, so much in in free enterprise, we respond to cost signals, price signals. And there are so many things we can do that are going to make housing more affordable for people coming up today, trying to buy their first home, trying to form a household couple, moves in together, gets married, and they want to have a home. We've got to make it where people can get on that ladder. Right now, the ladder seems to start on the third floor. We need to get that ladder back down to street level so that people have that opportunity to buy a first home. And it's going to require creativity. It's going to require rethinking how we do things so that someone coming out of college or going to work out of high school or trade school or whatever is not sentenced to have to be a renter forever if the job opportunities for them are in one of these metro areas all over America. Krista? Michelle in Iowa says, I'm a single 50-year-old woman with 450000 in 403B through Fidelity. I put 15% of my paycheck into my 403B, plus work puts in 6%. Let me stop you right there for one second. Key thing you said, you know, 403B is always trash. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fidelity is an operator that runs clean, decent 403Bs, and I congratulate Fidelity for coming to a business that insurance companies have really made terrible and offering a really good product. Uh, she says, my credit karma score is 830 because of Clark. I also have $30,000 in emergency funds. My only debt is my home with a 2.85% interest rate. I'm going to back to school to finish my master's in nursing. It will cost me $20,000 to finish my program. Should I use my emergency funds or get a loan? So, Michelle, you gave me an either-or, and I'll address your either-or in a second. Hospitals want you so badly. I wonder if there's a hospital that will pay for the grad program in return when you complete your master's, that you agree to work for them for a two-year period or something like that, and if that would be worth it to you. But I digress with that. Now let's go to the question. So, I would deplete your emergency funds of the 20 and bring it down to 10. And then over time, what you would have been paying every month towards uh, the loans you would take out, you're paying back yourself because the interest rates on the loans are going to be higher than what you're going to earn on the money in your savings account and your rainy day account. And you've been so great saving money you save such an enormous amount of your paycheck, I'm comfortable with you depleting two-thirds of your rainy day fund because you live your life as you do and you have saved so much money overall. 
you have rabbits you can pull out of a hat if you need to in an emergency. Curtis in Alabama, I purchased tickets to a comedy show through a website, which we may want to name. The price presented for the tickets was $148 for four. After I entered my debit card, I know, I know, I was notified that I was charged $771.15. They even said in an email, we know that you're not aware of how the total price of your wait, order wait, So it would have been $596, am I right? $592? He said total price was $148 for four tickets. So oh, I thought that was the total. Oh, for four. I thought it was per ticket. I'm not, I, I, I think I took 148 it as, per ticket, maybe even, uh, okay. The math, either way, either the interpretation way. is terrible because, uh, 150, 600. So $592 versus they were charged seven, $771. They even said in an email, we know that you're not aware of how the total price of your order will turn out and all sales are final. This isn't true. I was paying $148 for four tickets. I'm so frustrated by this. They say I can use a reseller to sell the tickets online. What are my available remedies for this situation? All right. So normally, unless we've third-party verified, we don't name a company. In this case, their reputation is so trashed already. Mm-hmm. I think we can name them. By the way, we are not talking about Ticketmaster no. right here. We're talking about Ticketsales.com. All right. And I'm looking at their Better Business Bureau. I just pulled that up. Better Business Bureau gives them an F. There are so many complaints about them that they only publish, they only have computer capacity, memory capacity to publish one out of every four complaints because there are so many. And I mean, they're just horrible. Person after person talks about this. Here's somebody who was told this to be 379, they were charged 547 and on like that. So this is their pattern. The ticket selling business has always been a business that has had players that have been shady, people that have been crooked. Uh, We can't say exactly what it is with these people. I can tell you that people have hated doing business with them. Uh, The debit card left you no options, no alternatives. You have no protection when you use a debit card and a seller takes advantage of you. Whether you would have had protection from a credit card Who knows? That would depend on the issuer. With ticket sales, please check the reputation of a ticket seller before you buy from them. The industry doesn't really have any players that people are excited by, but it has many that people are furious at. This is absolutely terrible that somebody will take your money and not even tell you till after they've taken your money, non-refundable, what they're going to bill you? Sounds like medicine. That's just awful. I wish there was something I could suggest to you, do for you. The only thing you've done is you have helped other people in this case, Curtis. And let me name the ticket outlet again, ticketsales.com. And that's about the worst BBB report I've ever seen on a business. Okay, Ken in North Carolina says, years ago, I remember Clark talking about alternatives to using airport parking, but I don't recall the site he used. When using Google to search, I found some alternatives, but none seem to have great reviews. Is Clark still using something as an alternative to parking at the airport? And if so, what does he use to keep the costs down? 
I have three big trips out of the country later this year, and two of those are out of an airport that isn't local. So hoping Clark can shed light on this topic again. Well, fantastic. You're getting to take all these wonderful trips and you're doing things to save money by traveling to a distant airport. Great for you too. All right. So when you use these discount airport parking sites, almost all the places they're going to show you are hotels. Call the hotel to verify that they are currently working with whoever this booking source is. The hotel may offer to sell you parking direct, potentially even at a better price than the referral site is offering. But that's how I do it is I always check when it says, okay, this is a deal at this Holiday Inn Express or this is a deal at this Hilton at the airport or whatever. Other question to ask is do you offer a airport shuttle and how often does it run? Because one of the complaints you'll see about these booking sites is they book you at a place that's apparently somewhere near an airport, but then you're on your own after you park to get to the airport. So make sure there is a free shuttle, find out how often it runs, and that's the cross-checking you need to do to make sure you're going to be okay. And speaking of saving money, we're going to talk straight ahead how to really shop to know you're really getting a good deal when you're trying to buy something. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So Americans are fighting back against higher prices. Businesses are experiencing it firsthand. It's not the retailer's fault or the grocery store's fault that prices have gone up at such an accelerated rate. And I don't know if you noticed, but a lot of places you buy stuff from Prices are actually going down right now. But I want to make sure you know that there's a big price gap going on when you're shopping at a retailer or a grocery store, and especially between brand names from different brand name manufacturers. And of course, you have my favorite, the generic or store brand. But here's what's going on behind the scenes retailers and grocers are feeling the pressure from customers hitting a wall of price resistance. That's when buyers basically go on strike and say, I'm not buying that. Procter & Gamble, I think I mentioned recently, Procter & Gamble, which is a huge brand name company that owns a lot of the premium brand names, has been trying to keep pushing prices up and expand their profitability, hiding behind the inflationary concerns we've had in the economy. And customers finally have said, no. And Procter & Gamble just reported softness in sales, that's how they like to say it at manufacturers, in a number of categories, as people said, I'm not going to do it. And so right now, depending on 
how determined a retailer or supermarket is to meet customers where they want to be met, there can be larger differences than normal from one retailer to another if you are married to a brand name and there will be even larger price differences between different brand names. I mean, obviously, always the store brand is going to be cheaper. And I've noticed more promotions at retailers, even at the warehouse clubs, more items on manufacturer promotion. I'm sure that the manufacturers would be really angry about this, but I walk the steel at Costco and Sam's Club. That's where you walk the aisle, see what's going on. And I noticed that one of the managers of one of the Costco's that I walked the floor on had put the Kirkland signature item right next to over and over again, next to a manufacturer's item that was on manufacturer's discount and was showing that even when the manufacturer was taking a temporary cut in price to try to boost volume in the Costco, in every case, the Kirkland brand next to it was still significantly cheaper. And so that manager was showing the two types of shoppers that shop in Costco, showing the people who want a deal on the brand name, and then people who just want the deal and buy the KS, that in both cases they were winning, but they win more if they buy the KS. So if you are a Sam's Club shopper, you probably noticed that one of the trends at Sam's through COVID is that Sam's, particularly with the inflationary cycle the last year, is putting huge effort behind Members Mark, their private label. They're prominently promoting Members Mark, which they never have been a big promoter of their private labels at Sam's. But they're doing the same thing. And so right now, enormous advantage, whether you shop at warehouse clubs, you shop at traditional retailers, you shop at supermarkets, to comparison shop among brand names and also looking at the store brand, which will help you stretch your dollar more today than in a normal economic cycle. Krista? Lori in Florida says, I purchased many items on Amazon. Since October, there are unauthorized charges on my account listed as Amazon Prime. Amazon customer no service insists it is someone in my family buying items. After many conversations, I finally persuaded them to credit my account. I contacted my credit card company to dispute the charges. Please inform consumers to check all charges from Amazon with each item purchased. And uh, so in Lori's case, there's got to be somebody who's busted her uh, username and password. Yeah, it sounds like it. And so I hope that through this process, Amazon customer no service did instruct you to change username and password on your Amazon account. And be aware that if you're using that same password combination on other shopping sites, you stand a risk that somebody may be uh, snooping in your email and may be attempting to do so at other sites. And in a family like yours that the Amazon truck <laughs> has a private parking space, reconciling your Amazon charges is really important. It is. And I have to say, have not been doing that. So I'll need to get better about that. And the thing I was thinking from what she said too, since it was listing as prime, it could be somebody, they have the login for their account on a TV or on another device. 
and that kind of stuff. So that's a danger too. You have to make sure you sign out of your accounts like Netflix and and, and Amazon is having a really hard time right now. The leadership change from the founder to the current CEO, rumors that he's going to be bumped aside. They're having a really hard time. And so Amazon doesn't offer the customer service they have in the past. And just be really aware of that if you're an Amazon customer, that they are in an awkward teen year kind of time right now. Trisha in Louisiana says, I recently received a 1099 in the mail from a company that I've never worked for. All of my personal information on it is accurate. My credit is frozen with the three bureaus from a previous bout with identity theft. I've registered with the FTC through identitytheft.gov and I am following their suggested plan. I am assuming the person using my personal info to obtain employment has a bank account open in my name to receive payroll money from this company. Can you recommend a safe way for me to find bank accounts that may have been opened in my name? So, Tricia, this is a very difficult slog with somebody who has assumed your identity for the purposes of obtaining work. They probably don't have a legal right to work in the United States, even if they have a right to live in the United States, they may not have a legal right to work or they may not even be legally residing in the country. And so it's very common that people will trade on stolen social security numbers in order to obtain work. And yes, the person may well have a checking account using your identity, or they may be getting paid by an employer in payroll cards or something like that, or even getting a paper check. So check systems is the only outlet I'm aware of where you may be able to find out if there is a checking account using your identity that is not yours, they would then be able to inform that financial institution. I have heard from people in the past that they are not that cooperative when there is an identity theft situation like this on an open account. So you may have to be pretty persistent with check systems. And should she file another police report about this and contact the company that sent the 1099? She should definitely contact the company that sent the 1099 to her because that 1099 is going to be a hassle for her with her tax return. There's a whole procedure you have to do where you report. Was it 1099 or W-2? 1099. So you have to report the income to the IRS, and then back it out of your return. Mm -hmm. It's a fairly complicated procedure. You cannot ignore the 1099. It must be reported. Otherwise, the IRS will send you a bill for the tax they have calculated as due on that 1099, which would involve 15.3% SE tax and regular income tax. So you report it and then back it out so that in the IRS match program, it shows it was in fact reported. So this is CPA this is territory, maybe get a mm -hmm. C, get a CPA to help. Maybe you could do an enrolled agent or a CPA. Enrolled agents tend to be less expensive than a CPA who does tax. Oh, that's terrible. Scott in Florida says you were talking on the show about hot water heaters. Mine was on the fritz, and I was faced with a one thousand dollars or more bill for a new one with installation. A friend said I should check the elements. It turns out 
one had burst. I ended up replacing both elements with the help of YouTube at a cost of $40. That's just something your listeners might want to check before spending money on a new water heater. It should be noted that I am not an expert handyman. That was five years ago, and it is still working fine. Scott, you are so much more handy than I am. Could you imagine, Krista, if I tried to use a YouTube video to fix a water heater? I think you heater? could do it. YouTube's pretty pretty great. You build Habitat. I do build Habitat with people saying, do this, no, do this like this. And That's what a YouTube video is, though, don't you think? I don't have confidence in myself that I could do that. I mean, there, there are things that I'm so impressed, Scott. It saved you nearly $1,000 and five years later, still working after a $40 repair, watching a YouTube video. I mean, that is fantastic. So if you have more self-confidence than I do about doing a repair in your home, go for it. All I can see is doing an emergency call to a plumber because I've flooded the house. Yeah. That that would be what would happen well, to me. I would probably it? want to call a plumber too. That does it for us today. And I want to thank everyone who's left reviews of our podcast recently. I want you to know that the whole purpose of this podcast, our websites, our Team Clark Consumer Action Center that provides free one-on-one advice, everything is about serving you. And I hope you'll spread the word so that people can be empowered to take more control of their wallets and their lives. Have a great day.